another edition of Bulldog Banter, the podcast, which, hey, we focus on the Bulldogs and the Ontario Hockey League, but uh, you know what? We're leading up to an NHL entry draft. You think we might talk a little bit about that this week. Matt, Luke, and Chris with you. It is our restraint, the Elvermere, and Dogs Radio, all the Twitter handles, as we get uh, slowly but surely, guys, getting closer to the NHL entry draft, and we've done a few different uh, pieces on the draft over the course, and today is mock draft day. You ready for it? Have you, have you got the list? Are you, you got your big board? I, I'm, I'm prepared. I, I also thought a couple times about trying to trade picks with, with either of you, but I decided <laughs> against it. We will have to go through the rules <laughs> and regulations of our <laughs> mock draft as we get through it. But yes, it'll be, uh, we'll do the top 15. Each of us will be the GM for five teams, I suppose, and make the picks as uh, I suppose we see fit. But we'll go through that in a couple of minutes. First off, let's, uh, let's stick with the Bulldogs. It's, uh, hey, it's been an offseason that's been already longer than I think everybody would like have to have been uh, but uh, we're waiting slowly but surely for training camp to come around the import draft is the next thing that comes up after the nhl entry draft but that's neither here nor there let's talk a little bit of bulldog guys with goaltender connor hicks connor uh, how's the uh, offseason treating you it's uh it's been pretty good thank you how about you hey you know it's it's nice and slow at times i think and uh everybody continually keeps uh getting ready for the season but it's uh it, i don't know does it seem like it's a long way off for you because for for me it's like it's june it still seems close but it's it's really not yeah it is i get um it feels like we've been done for a while and and uh, i'm really looking forward to starting and um, it's only a couple months away, so we still have a lot of time to put some work in, but it's actually fairly close. So what, what, what's the focus for you during the course of the summer then? I, I imagine you're getting some time off to, to go away with the family, probably play some golf knowing you, but uh, I, there, there's probably some hockey in there, right? Yeah, I'm still staying busy. I'm uh, I'm on the ice four days a week still, and I'm still working out with uh, a couple different people, so I'm pretty busy. Okay, so four days a week? Yeah, four days a week on the ice still. Oh. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you've been watching a lot of hockey as well. Yeah, I was watching uh, all the playoff hockey, and his um, it's pretty cool to watch. And the playoffs were uh, pretty special. When you say playoffs, do you mean NHL or OHL? Uh, the NHL playoffs. That works. So did you did you watch the the OHL playoffs in the Memorial Cup as well? Yes, I did. Uh, London was um, played well the whole year, and. And uh, congrats to them for winning. Seriously, though, wasn't that just messed up? How they just rolled through everybody? Yeah, they had a, they had a great team, and um, you know all their lines can contribute, so that helps a lot. And um, they're an overall great team. When when you're watching the Memorial Cup and how they just they, they trounced everybody, and and you look back, obviously early in the season, but when you guys played them, you played them really tough. Are you going, man? If if we could play them that good, how good are the teams actually in the Memorial <laughs> Cup? <laughs> it's uh. It all depends, you know. Like I know London at the start of the year he played well, but um, as the year goes, every team would get better and get stronger. And especially after the trade deadline, like only needs a couple of players. And um, near the end of the year, they're playing really well as a team, and uh, you could tell by the play. Is that something that you know all the guys in the room will be kind of watching that and, and following along of what London did to to kind of get to there? I think everybody looks at it and goes, okay, on paper they've got a lot of talent, but you, you started to see those third and fourth line guys contributing big time and being kind of motivational players out there on the ice. I know the the Marner, Kachuk, and Dvorak line put up all the points, but you could see that there was depth to it. it like, does that transfer uh, over to another room like like the, this Bulldog one and go, you know what, guys, look, you can see this isn't just a a, a top-line effort. It's got to be four lines contributing kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, you need every line to do their role, and uh, you could see that. Everyone was working their hardest, and um, they're just doing the little things to help, them te- help their team win. Uh, obviously, uh, the biggest news coming out of this team was that uh, John Gruden was hired as the head coach. Have you had a chance to speak to him yet? Yes, I've spoken to him uh, a couple times so far, and um, he's like a great guy, and I'm very excited to get to know him, and uh, it should be a great year with him. As a goalie, do you spend more time you know, communicating with the head coach, or do you spend more time talking to Mike Parsons? It's, uh, it's both. You know, there's uh, you have different conversations with both guys, and um, I've kept close in touch with both of them. We've had uh, many conversations, and uh, it's been good. It's always kind of a, a weird transition, and, and you were with Coach Burnett for a couple of seasons through Belleville, and then this first season here in Hamilton. Uh, a, a different mindset for you coming into a new year with a new coach, or...? Um, I think it's pretty much the same thing, and we're all—I know—all the players are looking forward to having a big year, and 
uh, hopefully making a deep playoff run. And um, I believe that we have the team to do it this year, and it uh, should be exciting. Has he given you any sort of uh, direction or, or idea of what his expectations for you personally will be next year? Um, no, not personally. I know that uh, he expects us to, to be a good team and, and to go far. And I know my job is to help the team win every day. And um, hopefully I'll be able to do that this year for them. One of those things I imagine you got you got to get together with him in a room and then he's got to see you on the ice. And you, you, you take those first opportunities to make that big impression, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's all... Uh, I'm not sure how many times you see me play, but uh, those first impressions are going to be huge, and it all starts with uh, with training camp. Um, going into training camp, and you know, going into your third season in the OHL, uh, you know, when I read about you coming from Belleville to Hamilton, one of the things that what I read is you could steal games. You stood on your head when you were in Belleville, and then maybe you'd have an off game. And then this season in Hamilton, I think you kind of erased that that kind of idea you you definitely seem like a much more consistent goalie especially down the back half how do you prepare for that well like consistency it's not the type of thing you can go into the gym and and work out right it's not a physical thing how do you get ready for the mental aspect of a season uh well i think it all depends on how much you play i remember um like growing up in minor hockey i i played a lot of like two three games a week and um my first year of junior b i was playing as a starter role as a 16 year old so that was good and then uh, my first year with Belleville, um, I didn't start many games. And uh, if I did play, it'd be once every three weeks or something like that. So um, I found it hard to get in a rhythm. And once you get in a rhythm, you can stick with it. So this year, when I got the opportunity to start playing more, I found that uh, I got some rhythm and I was able to keep it. So, so you would say that's sort of what happened after the trade deadline, that once, once Charlie was gone and you kind of knew that it was your job, that it was, it was easier to find consistency? Uh, it's just think it's the opportunity. So it only takes like one or two games and you start feeling more confident about yourself. And every time you get in the net and play well, you become more confident. And I'm pretty sure that helps, uh, helps significantly. I think everybody knows confidence is, is absolutely critical for a goalie. In, in terms of your, your, your play stylistically and the things you're working on inside that crease with your game, anything go differently down the backstretch and anything you're kind of working on now? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure I, I stayed to the same game plan the whole year, but um, I just went to the games more confidently, and and now in the summer I'm just trying to uh, get bigger, get stronger, to help me become quicker and help uh, make those extra few saves of the game and help the team win. Is that like a speed kind of athleticism kind of thing you're working on, sort of sort of idea? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm a big uh, big guy, so uh, I can always get uh, quicker on my feet. So uh, that's one thing I've been really focusing on this year: is agility and uh, strength in my legs. Uh, obviously one week until the NHL draft, so that's what everybody's talking about. That's what we're talking about. Uh, you're on the central scouting list second year in a row. How much are you are you thinking about next Friday, or, or are you going to be watching for, for your teammates that will be drafted? Yeah, we have some uh, some teammates that are ranked pretty high to get drafted, so uh, I'll be for sure watching for them, and I'll keep an eye on it. But uh, I won't be too close to it because um, it was my draft year last year, and I wasn't drafted, and uh, you never know what can happen this year, but I'm more focused on uh, the upcoming season and uh, growing and developing myself and hopefully making that next step soon. Are, are you hoping then that, that you'll maybe get an invite to a rookie camp rather than be drafted? Uh, either or. I'd love to get drafted. The opportunity would be fantastic, but uh, even going to a camp that would just make me just as happy, just get the opportunity and uh, able to show the team what I could do. Do you, do you take it a little bit differently? Because I think everybody understands that goalies – uh, tend to develop differently, and there, there's players that go undrafted. And when it's goaltenders, it seems to happen more often than not. Guys will go undrafted. They'll they'll find their niche by their 19 or 20. They'll they'll get a they'll get a go in an ECHL team or something like that. Then they keep building it up, and you, you see by the time they're 26, 27, then they're finally getting that crack at the NHL. Do you feel it's a it's a different world for a goaltender as opposed to a a, a guy up front or a defenseman kind of thing in terms of the draft not necessarily meaning as much? Yeah, for sure. You know, growing up in the OHL and uh, um, the players usually play a lot more than goalies do. Usually it takes uh, a goalie a couple of years to become a starter and start to play more games. So now going into my third year, this is uh, a year where I'm expected to start playing more games where uh, players, um, they start out younger, they can make the team as a 16-year-old and uh, they play a fourth-line role, and the next year end up playing on a second line. So um, I think the, the amount of playing time uh, sway to come between each position, but um, I, I do believe goalies develop later, and and uh, there's nothing really much you can do about it. 
with all that development talk, you know, goalies, you guys get to see the game from a different perspective, a different lens, right? Um, wondering, there's a there's a player the Bulldogs drafted, and I'm going to ask you to put your scouting hat on if you've seen him. Uh, Brian Bygrave. He kind of he's followed your career. He was a Ottawa Senator. He played in Canada with a different team. Did you get to ever grow up hearing about him? Um, not really. I heard uh, I was watching the OHL draft and and uh, I saw his name get picked. I got picked out of the Canada Lasers organization. And um, I have a couple a couple buddies that play in that league, so. Uh, I asked around, and um, they had nothing but good things to say about him, so I should be excited to meet him. Uh, just wondering, what's it like? Because you played a few games in the CCHL, right? How is it different? Um, I actually never got to play in the CCHL. I ended up playing uh, a junior B in my 16-year-old year. Ah, okay. uh, I was called up, called up many times to, to back up on the bench, but I never got into a game. There you go. Is it? Do you feel like it's a good development league, though, for the OHL? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um uh, I, I ended up playing junior B, and I thought that was the best decision for me because uh, I was able to play a lot more games there than I would have in the CCHL. But uh, the CCHL puts out some great players, and it's a highly skilled league. Well, at the end of this, uh, Connor, it's a lot of summer left. Uh, uh, what's the plan for you? Is it, you are you going to stay four days a week through the rest of the summer or, or kind of give yourself a little bit of time to, to kind of recoup? Uh, yeah, I'll probably stay on the ice. I'll... Um, I'll probably just end up doing some more uh, goalie coaching, and that keeps me on the ice. And then personally, I'll probably train uh, once or twice and uh, stay in the gym four or five times a week. Who are you working with in Ottawa? It's uh, my goalie coach, Andrew Mercer. I've been working with him for uh, about 12 years now. So we have uh, uh, we've been working well together, and uh, I'm happy to do it with him. Right on. It's a lot of time to uh, work on the golf game, too. How, how often are you getting out? Uh, I've been pretty lucky this year. I've actually been getting it uh, once or twice a week. So you'll be ready uh, for the, good so far. <laughs> you'll be ready for the golf tournament by the time you get back through training camp. Uh, Connor, thanks for the chat today, and uh, we'll, we'll see you come training camp. Great, thank you. You too. Bulldogs goaltender Connor Hicks on the podcast as he gets uh, set for another season in the Ontario Hockey League. And a guy I think last year, everybody, like, when you when you looked at what happened at the beginning of the year, you kind of looked and said. Oh boy, what's he, he's not playing that much, and when he got in, he got into some really tough situations. But by the back half of the season, uh, I think everybody and their mother thought, "Boy, did he ever impress and make a, everybody's job a little bit more difficult?" When you're thinking of the uh, goaltending for the future, yeah, I mean, you, you'd had two young goaltenders that came into camp in uh, CC and Donofrio, and you traded at the deadline for Fulcher, so it kind of seemed like at that point the team was like, I, "We don't know if Connor is in our future plans." And then he played his way into those future plans yep. in the second half of the season. He was fantastic down the stretch. He's He is a primary reason why they were even in a playoff race after yep. the trade deadline. Yep. It he made found it difficult. He made it difficult because he was. it seemed like he was seeing the puck better and he was, no matter what he was doing, he was stopping the puck. Uh, he, he wasn't, he was more controlled with regards to his positioning mm-hmm. in the back half and that played a huge role. It, he was just getting in the way of everything. And it made it really difficult. There was a lot of teams who probably came into Hamilton thinking, this should be fine. We're, we're way ahead of these guys. Niagara, it seemed like <laughs> Connor Hicks every time he went against Niagara. Oh. He just stunned them every time. Yeah, yeah and, and he cut down on, on allowing bad goals. That was, that was something that early in the season was, was a little bit of an issue for him. There were, it wasn't just bad goals. It was also goals at inopportune times. And, he, and that, to me, was the biggest change, is that that just stopped. It's that if the Bulldogs had just gone up one nothing, Connor wasn't going to allow a goal immediately afterwards that he should have stopped. It was he was going to keep making those saves and preserve that lead. And that it's not really something you can quantify, but it it, it was the biggest difference between and, the first and second half for me. And I, I think it makes training camp that much more exciting when you think of all, all the the positives that are going on with the forward unit and the defense. And when you think of it, hey, you got Hicks, you've got Fulcher, a young kid who who showed some big time potential. You and, and even Cece, what we saw from him at the orientation camp and what he did last year playing junior B, you're like, it's it's pretty solid in the in between the pipes for this team for a little bit. Yeah. Healthy competition. Yep. And there's, I mean, he's obviously not going to make the team, but it just it just helps that um, the goalie they drafted, whose name is is escaping me, Tanner, Tanner Shepard, Tanner Shepard yeah. is is headed to a Hockey Canada development. Already camp. been there. Or already, already did done, so yeah. yeah so I mean he's th- it's clear that Hockey Canada likes him so there's there's something there and and it just 
is good news for the Bulldogs. So many, so many different pieces, but yes, it's it's June and the season, even training camp seems like it's a <laughs> awfully long time away. What isn't uh, too far off in the distant future is the NHL entry draft, where a number of Bulldog players are hoping to have their names called, and let's face it, there's hopefuls all across the, the country and all across the planet that are hoping to get in on the NHL entry draft, and that's why this week we are going to do our mini mock draft scenario, where last uh, episode we drew our teams i'm picking first mm-hmm. and luke you're picking third and chris is picking second my numbers are all disjointed but that's because i'm slightly dyslexic <laughs> and that is part of the problem um so the rules and regulations of this it will be one two and three then one two and three we'll go through the top 15 picks of the draft outside of that are we putting any other rules uh, no trades right we're not we're going to say no <laughs> trades no luke i was i was gonna because i I obviously had to do a lot of thinking about which teams I was picking with, and I have Calgary's pick at six, and I didn't really like any of the choices for them, so I wanted to trade up to four. And I I have four, and I would like nothing more than to say that Edmonton is going to trade that pick because I think that's what they're going to do. Because because when I I looked at it, there's a lot of defensemen that should be available at that pick, and Calgary is kind of heavy on defense. So what I was thinking was trading a veteran defenseman and and the pick and swapping with Edmonton because Edmonton can always use more defense. Who would Calgary trade Dennis Weidman for a pick? That's exactly what Garbage. I was thinking about. Good thing you don't have a GM job. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Dennis Weidman for a first overall in a swap? No, no, no it's it wouldn't be a swap. swap. It's, it's two, it's two picks that. difference. Yeah. Maybe throw in a second. I think you get a little bit more than that because they'd be moving up for... Dennis Weidman is not the player. answer for Edmonton. I don't think well, it's the answer, the answer, but you're, you're always but looking I, for pieces. But what I figured is You're this. looking for pieces to deal. And moving two no picks trades. down. All right, no fine. trades. Kay. No <laughs> trades. Are we drafting how we would just draft if we the, with the player that we like the most or the player that we think will fit the organization? It's your call. Or what, the, or, or what we think they will do. Oh, I, see, this is what oh, I mean. We should have went see, over this I before a, we got to this. I, but, did, I did a little of all three. Um, for for my picks, if that makes sense. Are we doing what we think they will do or what we would do? I'm doing what I would do based on what my measurement of best player available is. I, I went with what they would do. Okay, so this is going to be a complete. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Of, uh, because because I'm not. It's not like I'm going off the board for for some of these picks. I just if the choice comes down to between two players, and I think one is better, but I think that the uh, the team that I'm picking for thinks the other player is better. I'm I don't, I don't to, think it'll be that big a deal. I'm picking who, who I think the team's going to pick, not who I necessarily would pick. If I was the GM, I'll try and be the team. <laughs> now I have to find a, <laughs> a, list, a order list of, of who I am. A list of who you're picking for. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I think it's time to get this draft going. We need the uh, commission, though. <laughs> I love your passion. Good evening, and welcome to the National Hockey League entry draft. Yeah, there we go. The NHL oh, draft. That, you it's know our... what? That, that's not even. They're gonna kill him <laughs> in gonna Buffalo. Ju- he's gonna be massacred. Gonna be so that that was a that was obviously a lot of booze, but it's gonna be like a thousand <laughs> times worse next Friday. No doubt about it. I am first up on the clock as the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I am the uh, first selection. Uh, here, here, I, everybody, uh, you guys can dis- discuss who you think I'm going to pick, and that's why we'll do it. I'll, the opposites discuss, but then the other one gets ready. Gee, to pick. this is a really tough one for me. Uh, a part of me thinks he's going to not take the obvious player because he just wants to screw with me, but it, it's Austin Matthews. Come on. He might take Riley Tuff of the USHL. <laughs> <laughs> going way off the board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pick is in. Oh, the NFL draft. The, the pick is in. <laughs> the NHL like doesn't that. have one, so that's the problem. No, that's true. Uh, yeah, we'll pick uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, proud to select from ZSC Lions of Switzerland. Uh, Austin Zurich? Matthews. Lions? I don't Zurich. Know. Whatever. Austin Matthews. Easy pick. I, I really hope that Lou goes up there, and he doesn't even say, thank you, Buffalo, thank you, Pittsburgh. <laughs> he just goes, Matthews, boom, <laughs> and walks off the stage. A mic drop for a guy who, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, somebody, somebody did that. I think uh, Tim Murray did it when Buffalo picked Eichel. He, they weren't pleased with he, the... Uh, yeah, he essentially just went up there and said, Jack Eichel, and left. Yeah. Second up on the clock is the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So, Chris is uh, currently awaiting his uh, draft pick, Patrick Liney. 
Yeah, but it's, it's obvious. Shh. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not supposed to pick yet. You're, come on, you're picking. You gotta wait for the sound. I'm not and then fancy the pick as you guys. In, and then you can't get to the point. And okay, now the pick is there. In. He's I'm picking. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one, this one is not just is he the second best player available, but it's it's the Winnipeg Jets, and it's a Finnish skilled winger. Of course, they're going to take him. Of course they're going to take him. Of course they're going to take him, yes. That's this uh, is, uh, obviously, the comparison I'm making is Timu Solani. Not <laughs> saying that Line A is going to be him, but that's what all the Winnipeg fans are going to say. Third overall selection belongs to the Columbus Blue Jackets, or uh, Luke in this case, and a uh, pretty obvious one here, I would think. Uh, Chris, he, he's going with the other Finn, right? Most likely. I, I mean, Columbus I, has a Finnish GM. And he's pretty self-explanatory and not really that creative, so he's, he's going to go with the <laughs> He stole my explanation. <laughs> he's going he's to go with the obvious pick because he can't come up with uh, anything better. That's fair? Basically. That's, prob- that's what I expect, too. Yeah, obviously I am picking Jesse Poyarvit. <laughs> it's... That's wonderful. The, the, the Columbus fans came up. They're not happy with that Even, pick. I'm sorry. They're not happy with that selection. Even even if he wasn't the third best player available. They Quiet have, in the crowd. Guys. They have a Finnish GM. Uh, it seems like the obvious pick. His performance at the World Juniors was magnificent. He dominated the tournament. Small sample size, but he dominated the tournament as a 17-year-old. So uh, third best player available. Not as flashy as Line A, but Columbus will like him. Fourth overall selection would be yours truly picking for the Edmonton Oilers. This one, this one I'm legitimately interested to see what he does. Because I know who I would pick. Wait, uh, well, is he going to go with the defenseman, which a lot of people think they need? Or is he going to go with the flashy forward who impressed see, in Red Deer? To me, it's, it's the Chikrin is the best player. It's not even just about drafting for need. To me, he's the best player. So that's, that's what I would do. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers uh, reluctantly selection, selecting from the London Knights. Oh, Matthew Kachuk. Impressed in Red Deer at the Memorial Cup. Oh, I, so, oh, I see. You think they're yeah? You think I, they're going to take him? I think they take him and trade him or trade something else for a defenseman later. I just uh, I don't I don't think they're going to. I don't want to say waste, but I don't think they're going to use the fourth overall pick when nobody seems to have any of the defensemen that high on a defenseman. He is a winger, so that fits a little bit better for Edmonton. It's not another center, which is... What do you mean not another center? Edmonton spent 15 years without <laughs> center depth. <laughs> Can't have enough centers. Amen on that one. Okay, okay, but they're... they're I, I'm trying to remember exactly who plays what position, but they already have three, right? McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Yakupov. What? Center? Jacopo. No. Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl. Yes. Thank you. I knew there was a third one. So is he really going to step? If they drafted a center, he would step in as the fourth line center. So Doesn't need to step in right away. Give him two years to develop. Nah. They wouldn't pick. They're not picking the center. They're picking. No. I mean, there is no center uh, available. The, draft, the, the, the pick is already done. It is, <laughs> it is Matthew Kachuk for the Edmonton Oilers. Fifth on the clock. The fifth overall selection belonging to the Vancouver Canucks or Chris. Um... If he's saying best player available, Luke, and he, and he already said he wants to go with the best player available, who it's Dubois, right? The, according to everybody Could out there be. who's watched the kid out in the Could East Coast, I, I know Chris also really likes Michael McLeod. Well, I know, and that's what I'm a little <laughs> struggled between it, does he go a little bit with what he thinks is the best yeah. player or where they're going to go with this one. I, consensus to me says he goes with Dubois just because it's Vancouver, they could use a center and they could use a big body up front. They could use everything to yes, be honest. Yes, they could. They could use a whole new team, but fair? Is that yeah, a... Yeah, I think... I, I think that's what I'm going with anyway. That yeah. That's my pick for Chris on this one. Well, that's a consensus. Let's see what happens. From the Cape Breton Screaming Ingles, <laughs> Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> best center in the draft. Best forward, I think. I would take him before I would take a check if I was Edmonton. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Wow. By far. He's a better skater. That is impressive. You would take him before Kachuk, but I would. he did not uh, go that way in our mock draft. No, and and I think that that's because scouts still place a lot more trust in numbers in the Ontario Hockey League than in the Quebec League. Because, For sure. Because it's still, it, it is, and it's seen as the more offensive league, so players can put up a lot more gaudy numbers not being as good. I think with Dubois, though, you have to look at all of his intangibles. He's got great size, great speed, 
he'll play gritty physical and he'll still but yeah, punish you with I, putting the puck in the back yeah, of the net. I think he's he's an excellent player, Q notwithstanding. Sixth overall pick, and now on the clock is the Calgary Flames and Luke Vermeer. Uh, Chris, any ideas where he's going on this one? Because I am – he he already let the cat out of the bag that he's not thinking defenseman, so he's going forward, right? I think he might go a little off the board and go with Logan Brown. Ooh, Center early. He's rising in a lot of draft he rankings. He is rising. on. A, I think that's a little bit early, but I – Oh, Luke's hmm. – you, you called out his creativity. <laughs> yes, I did call out his creativity. Yeah. I, I kind of think he's going with a defenseman in here, but that's uh, just my expectation. Not going with a defenseman. Oh! Uh, taking from the Mississauga Steelheads. Whoa! Alex Nylander. Whoa! Look at that. I like. I think that the Flames really are going to like his skill, and I think you put him with Johnny Gaudreau, and you have yourself an excellent scoring line, no matter who you put as the third with them. That is interesting. A tiny Western team. I don't know. Yeah. See, I, I, that's what I'm thinking. They got so many little forwards already. I, Nylander see, just I makes think them that, smaller. That having guys like Gaudreau makes them not really scared of taking another small forward. I mean, you still need size, but I think that they aren't going to be scared away by by Nylanders. I mean, he's not uh, that small. Uh, let's just speak to uh, this. Uh, as an Oiler fan, I'm okay with that. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> great. I, if you're asking me if Dreisaitl can handle those guys and uh, even McDavid, yeah, I think we're... Uh, I think Nuge can Nuge handle can them. Handle <laughs> <laughs> Nuge is getting traded, but that's uh, another day and another dollar. Uh, seventh on the clock with the seventh overall selection, it is the Arizona. I hate calling them Arizona. Yeah, it's uh, little... The Phoenix Coyotes. Uh so they also need everything. They also desperately want to trade up to number one overall um, because they keep on offering up Ekman Larson as the guy that they're going to trade. And I feel like if they stay at their position, they probably are the first ones to take a defenseman. I could see it. I mean, which fancy defenseman would they take, though? Uh, no, knowing their analytics and their GM, maybe not the, the shiny one that you like. Which would be crazy to me. I don't know. Oh, the pick is in. Pick is in. The <laughs> Arizona Coyotes. Don't call me Phoenix. Select from the Sarnia Sting. Jacob Chikrin. Okay. I think, and I think along the lines of, of what you're talking about, Chris, is they might just be going into the depth of it and going, look, Chikrin is just too easy when you look at all these numbers. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't screw up. Sure, these other guys have got points, but there's probably something in there that Sergeyev and and Yolevi look terrible on. And I think they go with the with the big defenseman who who what well they need a lot, but they it, specifically it just, need defensemen. Yeah, and they, that's certainly what they seem to be setting themselves up for. Like they just traded for the rights to Goligoski to try and get him signed, and and their GM said something about he wanted this to be the first domino in in a long string of of moves so uh i think that that they are a prime candidate to try and trade their pick up or down but if they pick in that spot i think they pick a defenseman i think a very interesting pick coming up now at uh, number eight the hometown the hometown buffalo sabers are on the clock and chris has got this pick um boy i don't know luke it's tough to think. Buffalo th needs a lot. It, yeah, it's it's weird for a team that's D? been this bad for for so long. Still needs so many pieces. I think they they'd be best suited with a defenseman. I think, but so. at the well, same time, a, a complementary offensive piece to to Eichel wouldn't be so bad. Well, because they took Eichel, they took Reinhardt uh, two years ago. They have Evander Kane. I I don't know. They might be another one that take a defenseman simply because they've been drafting forward so many times. Or they think a forward is the best one available. But we're getting into the slot where defense is uh, where the defensemen are, are up there on the best player available. From the U.S. under-18 National Development Program, Buffalo takes Clayton Keller center. Ooh, the big center. Ooh, I think the hometown Would team they? wanted somebody else. <laughs> the I don't fans were looking would. for somebody else. I don't know who they were looking for. But oh, no, he's the Fans one. are upset. He's the really small center. 5'10". Sabres. Could still grow. Okay. He HSBC could. slash <laughs> first on Niagara, Niagara slash whatever the heck you are arena calm down. Buffalo loves their American players. They did. No, they're going to yell at that one. Chris Drury. They want they're Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller is going to be a little bit of a quiet top 10 pick. You. Uh, who in the future people will be like, how did he not go top five? 
Interesting. I hey, I, I don't think anybody's going to be thinking he should have went top five at the end of this one, but uh, we'll see. That's fair. Clayton Keller at number eight, which puts the Montreal Canadiens on the clock in our mock draft at the number nine selection. Um, <laughs> Montreal needs a scoring forward. They need some defensemen because the guys are getting old, and some of them are just terrible to begin with. So best player available, right? Right. Best player available or forward with size. They've been complaining that they're too small forever. They don't have anybody who can score. They don't need big people. They need people who can put the puck in the net. There's a big person who could score really big. You think he's going to score, though? You think is that is it that obvious that they go Windsor and do that sort of thing? I think I where they are. I suppose that's probably a pretty likely selection in this scenario there, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> it, it. This one, my only thing was I didn't know if he was still going to be on the board at this point. But it's obvious from the Windsor Spitfires they're going to take Logan Brown. He's 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 a big center. Like this is exactly what Montreal fans complain the team doesn't have. This is what the management says they don't have. The I think he can score, and I think his size is just so intriguing to teams. The only other way I could see them going is uh, Julian Gauthier from the Quebec League because he's also big and is French. But <laughs> they do that at, <laughs> they do that where they are. They just deserve to be thrown but out. I, I, <laughs> if, if Logan Brown is available, they pick Logan Brown. That, that seems to me cut and dried. I'm okay with that selection, I suppose. Tenth overall pick in the draft this year belongs to the Colorado Avalanche. Hmm, who am I going to pick? Well, this one is interesting because I would have thought defensemen, since they don't, they didn't seem to like uh, Barry. Mm-hmm. They were talking about we got to trade him because we think he's a fifth or sixth defenseman. But now they're keeping him, and the league knows he's not a fifth or sixth defenseman. But yeah, then Joe Sakic came out and said, "Nope, we want him." So I wonder if one maybe of the big defense they have their eye on a forward instead. I I feel like maybe the the Barry thing was because they didn't like him and they found him expendable because they were going to get another defenseman. In the draft, but I think with the draft you got to think a little bit more ahead down the road. But sure, but I mean Barry's a young a young defenseman still. He's he's a guy that can I don't, I don't know franchise cornerstone, but he's a great number two, and so I think they're going to take it forward. I think defense. Colorado Avalanche very pleased to select with the tenth overall selection Oli Yolevi from the London Knights. Uh, if he gets that far, somebody will be jumping all yeah, over him. If he, if he falls into a 10th slot, Colorado will not pass that kid up. There's no chance. Yeah, I no suppose chance. because he's been ranked quite highly on some people's boards that he's going to, if he slips that far, somebody is going to feel like they've got a steal. Um, I He's good. I, I don't, I think we're getting into the, the realm where they're no longer potential superstars, and I don't, I don't think Yulevi's a potential superstar, but he'll be a good player in the league. Top pairing defenseman. Which is pretty darn good. Yep. Which is pretty darn good. Uh, number 11 selection belongs to Chris and the New Jersey Devils. Um, I have to think about <laughs> the Devils for when a second. I, yeah, there. when I think of the Devils, I just think of boredom beyond boredom <laughs> so do they just pick a defensive <laughs> forward and go oh or, sure <laughs> or logan stanley big defenseman who doesn't put up a lot of points that seems like new jersey if i'm new jersey i think i take the uh, bchl kid because i think they're a little bit off the board in the way they think sometimes i know hmm. lou's not there anymore but that to me just kind of fits new jersey's mo most of the time they do need to find some offense somewhere because yes. uh Travis Zajac is not what they thought, and Adam Henry can't do it all by himself. He and Eliash is barely ancient. do any of it by himself. Uh, what? I think he's a good player. From the Mississauga Steelheads. <laughs> if we knew this was New coming. Jersey Devils take Michael McLeod. <laughs> can't believe he's available. It is right around. They run away screaming <laughs> with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what? That's a perfect New Jersey pick because he's he's got a very polished two-way game. I, I love McLeod, and we've talked about this before. <laughs> I think he is fantastic, and if I'm the GM, I'm putting him ahead of a lot of the other players that would be drafted already, and a couple of the, the forwards that were already picked, I would pick him ab- above them. Um, so I think they would... I, I still don't know if he's going to go that high, though. I'm I don't know. That feels right around his... 
the area where he's going to go. That's 13, 15. There's something about him that people don't like, and I don't know what it is, but... Mississauga, probably. I think it's the fact that he's a complimentary player on that top line, and they're worried that it's Nylander who's stirring the drink. But McLeod, he's a controlled, speedy zone entry. I think he'll be an elite skater in the NHL. So I don't, I, think. I don't disagree with you on the elite skater thing by any stretch, but Michael McLeod with the 11th overall pick to New Jersey, which puts us at number 12, the Ottawa Senators are on the clock with uh, Luke taking care of their pick in this one. Uh, Chris? Hard to say. I mean, he already mentioned uh, Tyson Jost of the BCHL. Um, I think he goes out west with this one. I think he goes out west? Yeah. I'm trying to think of Ottawa. Ottawa needs a lot. But I guess they don't really need a defenseman. So he goes with a forward. I'm, I'm, I, I don't mind your pick on this one. I, I think I'm going to go uh, along those same lines and think he goes with the, uh, the Jost fella from out west. That's that is exactly where I went from the BCHL. Uh, I can't remember his team. Tyson uh, Penticton. 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 Yeah. Uh, when I was looking over BCHL draft picks, because him and one of his teammates are ranked quite highly, uh, there's only been one who is more than a role player, and that's Kyle Turris. And what team does he play for right now? The Ottawa Senators. So I think that they will look at. I think they that a lot of teams probably already like Jost, but I think that the Sens in particular are going to look at Turris and they're going to talk to Turris about what, you know, how the BCHL compares to a lot of these other leagues, and I think they're going to end up uh, going with Jost also because I think the Senators tend to be a little bit different when they not draft. just draft but do everything. 13th overall pick in the 2016 NHL entry draft is the Carolina Hurricanes on the clock. Well, they don't need a goalie anymore because they re-signed <laughs> Ward, so they're <laughs> set there. Uh, uh, they're an interesting one, actually, because they have a lot of good young pieces, but nothing spectacular, I guess. I think they take the best player on the board still. That's, that's, that's probably it. That seems to be what they've, they've been doing. Who's the best player on the board? I think it's a, a defenseman. defenseman. I think it's Sergeyev. Carolina Hurricanes, please sel to select a kid who they thought would be gone miles before now from the Windsor Spitfires, Mikhail Sergeyev. My goodness, if he falls, if he falls to thirteen, Carolina might not necessarily need a young defenseman, but they will be just giggling to themselves to get him. They're going to have a magnificent defense core if yeah. they added him. With Hannafin and him. And Falk as well still, who's already an elite defenseman in the league. That's They will They will be thinking they I guess you the can put Cam Ward in net if you have that in front they of them. <laughs> they will be absolutely <laughs> tickled pink uh, with that pick at number 13. I, I love that kid, by the way. I would Personally, I, he'd be my second defenseman picked in this draft. I'm surprised and you took Yulevi. I think Colorado would go with. I, the I think a lot of teams think uh, Yulevi's the better defense. And I, I think they would go with a guy who they think has more offensive upside. That's just kind of where I thought. With Colorado I don't see it. I think Sergachev's shot. I think Sergachev is better than Yulevi, but yeah. I thought in this circumstance he would go far farther down the list than this. On the uh, 14th overall pick, as we near the conclusion of our mock draft, it is the Boston Bruins. Chris on the clock. Uh, he's, he's Who been is saying this year's he's, Lawson Krause? He's been <laughs> saying best player available, so he's going to pick the best player available. But it's a question of who the heck is that player? Is is there a Marchand or a Lucic in this in this first round of the draft? <sighs> because they'll take him. He already went the U.S. route. So does he take a kid from the U.S.? It's Boston. Boston needs. They because last year was when they had the three picks in a row, right? Yeah. They went a little crazy with those three picks. If I remember correctly, all three of those guys they picked were uh, kind of off the board. And I know a lot of their fans. I saw I saw some criticism of it. One of them was Zachary Sinitian, which I think is actually going to turn out to be a pretty good pick uh, based on what we've seen of him. But given they, their location, I think they're going to take the McAvoy kid out of Boston University at this pick. Oh, the fans would love that. They would be tickled. I can see. Pink. I can see Logan Stanley as well because he seems like a Boston player. Hmm. True. I don't mind that pick though, but it is in from the USHL or the National Development Team, whichever you pick. Uh, Kiefer Bellows, left Ooh. wing. Now, if I'm correct, he is big. Six one. 195 pounds, but he's labeled a meat and potatoes <laughs> kind of guy by future <laughs> that considerations. Is so, that is so Bruins. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely where they Hard would go. Hard to play against. Meat and Hard potatoes kind of kid. Yeah, that's... 
that that one you've done a good job of picking what the team would pick yeah. because that is meat and potatoes is is the kind of thing that that Boston really likes. He might be a good player. There's I've, I've seen a lot of good scouting reports about Bellows. But seen him there in a few mock drafts. So yeah, I th- I feel like they'll But at the same time, based on what's on the board, I still kind of have him as the best player available there. Oh, that's interesting. He had a strong all right, fair. Season. Whatever. 15th <laughs> overall pick. The last selection in our mock draft belongs to the Minnesota Wild. Interesting. I don't know where Luke will go on this one. I, he's been talking Stanley. That's like the fourth time he's name-dropped him, so I figure he takes him. But uh, I don't know. Chris, you? I, I really don't know the Wild's uh, depth chart right now with prospects. Like, really, I'm surprised Jake Bean's still on the board. Out of the, out of the yes. dub. He was my best player available in your pick, by the way. Yeah. So, I, if he's going best player, I don't know. I really don't know the Wild. They they like defensive players, so. And Luke just seems like he's picking them out of a Cracker Jack <laughs> box, so who knows what he's going to do. So, first of all, I had four players listed at this spot, and I wasn't expecting any of them to be gone, but both Keller and Bellows are, are both gone. Uh I was going to, with my pick, make a comparison to a former Wild player, but it turns out he is not a good comparison. But I'm taking Alex Debrinkit from the Erie Otters. <laughs> because I think <laughs> Minnesota is going to take the... So I, the, the comparison I was going to make was Pierre-Marc Bouchard, because he's a small, skilled forward that Minnesota loved for the duration of when they had him. Turns out he's not nearly as small as I thought. He's 5'10". But the better comparison that I found when I was looking up short players in NHL history is Theon Fleury, because Fleury was, is actually smaller than Dabrinkit is, and real chip on his shoulder, and also could score like nobody's business. And I think that's what Dabrinkit, that's what his ceiling is. And I feel like some team, maybe it's Minnesota, because they could always use more offense, because their defense is quite, quite good right now, that that's that's the way they would go. I think if Dabrinkit goes that high, then there's going to be a lot of scouts go, huh? Huh? That's a little high. I think he'll be a steal. He's also an American No matter where player. he goes. I think he's going to go in the second round, and people will regret it. Cause All right. But I, I can't believe it's taken me this long to find the Flurry comparison. That one's perfect. Flurry was a point-of-game player in the league an inch shorter than Dabrinkit. I think Dabrinkit has that chip, He was a bigger too. kid during an offensive era in the NHL. This isn't the same kind of era that Flurry played in. No, sure. but it's still a... I feel like that, to me, when they say... when in some mock drafts or rankings, they always have, here's the player who is his NHL comparable. I feel like that's the NHL comparable for Alex Dabrinkit. Because he is small and he plays with that fire, that edge. Yeah. He's small. I don't see the same edge that Flurry had, but that's maybe because... Well, Flurry had that he, edge his to edge, 11. His edge was... Yeah, and Dabrinkit's edge isn't nearly that. I think this is a, a kid who maybe not maybe didn't really see Flurry play enough, and, and <laughs> maybe possible. he thinks that Flurry had a, a, he, a much less chip on his shoulder. I guess Dabrinkit's <laughs> chip kind of reminds me of uh, when Charles Houdon was here for a year. That it was when they were in scrums. Yeah, that's not the Charles Flurry. Theo <laughs> Flurry. Theo Flurry. No, no, I know. His Flurry was, played kind of like that. Downey did. You like, need, that's yes. that's the kind of chip that Flurry played with. He, he was reckless and. The night book. the lights went out yeah. by Joyce Gare. It's uh, Gare Joyce. Gare Joyce, sorry. <laughs> it's when uh, Canada and Russia got in a huge fight. Oh, the juniors. Yeah, the one where they both got kicked out. Yeah, the, flurry, flurry. The is unhinged. Up. Yeah, yeah. The De, punch De up in. is uh, there's there's no comparison to flurry on that side. Small in stature, offensive in nature, yes, but the chip on the shoulder and the physical nature, uh, not a chance. So the top fifteen in our mock draft it is Matthews to Toronto, Lion A to Winnipeg, Polyarvi to Columbus. No surprises. Edmonton picking Mackachuk, Vancouver, Dubois, Calgary, Nylander, Arizona gets Chikrin. Buffalo with Keller, Montreal gets Logan Brown, Colorado with Yo Levy, New Jersey picking Michael McLeod. Uh, you can tell that's a Chris pick. <laughs> Ottawa gets Yost, uh, Carolina gets Sergeyev, Boston Bellows, and Minnesota Debrinket. Not bad, not bad. Uh, we'll see how that matches up. I, I was Logan Stanley was the one that I was going up against for for Minnesota, but I just really I feel like. They have, and it's not even like a necessarily a picking for need. I think they have so many defensemen in their pipeline right now that they just don't feel like they could give Stanley an opportunity. Fair. Uh, yeah. I think Stanley didn't 
have the perfect combine at the same time in the physical stuff, didn't he? I think he kind of disappointed some people in some of the combine activities. Well, I mean, that's, activities. that's his thing, right? Like, he's a huge defenseman. He doesn't score basically at all. So if, if he had a disappointing physical combine, that's going to drop him on quite a few draft boards. Yeah. If the draft looks like ours, I'll be surprised. I feel like but I think the thing is with the draft, you're always surprised. Yep. Nobody ever picks who you think they're going to Yeah, pick. it's true. And Boston, always Boston's the one that I feel like is going to just go away. There, there I, think Ariz- I think there. Arizona could be, because they're up high enough, they could be a complete wild card of what they do. And I do think there's at least one or two trades in that top 15, too. Yep. With, with, the, with the impending expansion draft that's coming next year, and teams <laughs> will be, no doubt, they'll be starting to line up their team for that expansion draft, then I think there's... There's a lot of things. That yeah, that's going. that's certainly the interesting one. I think that one thing we might see is the Penguins moving into those top fifteen. Could be because they're they're the team that is is looking at the expansion draft and they need to get rid of uh, a goalie yeah. specifically. And it's most likely Flurry, and I think he can probably command a first round pick. And if you look at that top fifteen, one of those teams may think Flurry is the answer. There's and talk Calgary. Yeah, Calgary yeah. could be that team. That's. The sixth overall pick is a lot for Marc Andre for Fleury. a kid who was drafted first overall. Yeah, but I mean, long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> look, you can't you can't doubt him in the regular season. He's one of the best goalies in the league in the regular season. Unfortunately, when the playoffs roll around, something clicks in no, his head. No, he played fine before he. And it he just was okay. He he was okay. That's he was he was perfectly fine. He was he he still could have won for them. So Calgary is is the interesting one. Um, I think Toronto will be sniffing. That's obviously not a fi- top 15 pick. That's the 30th. Yeah, they're going to swap the that number one. No, for that's, yeah. the, that's their 31. <laughs> that's the 30th overall pick. But yeah. they'll they'll be sniffing around Flurry. I, I think that if one of those first-round picks moves, it's potentially him. Has has Las Vegas officially been announced? No. But it's, it's all no, spec. It's we, all have the, we have the AP report that it's, says it's It's announced it's but official. not announced. kind of wish they could draft this year, too, if we had 31 players in the first round. I know it's I mean, a while I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd give them maybe one at the end of the second or third, but I wouldn't give That's them a first-round pick. Really? Like I, I'd start them somewhere down there. I'd give them a first, but it'd be late in the round. It has to be a guy that can't step in next year. That, that no matter who picked him was going to go back to junior because, yeah. because obviously there's not going to be a team or even an AHL team for him to play yeah. for. So I, I, would, I would do that. But the way the expansion draft is set up, they're going to be better than any expansion team we've seen yes, lately. No doubt. Like the Blue Jackets, Wild, Predators, Thrashers, those teams when they came in were garbage. Yeah. And this team is going to be better because they're going to have two good goalies. And they're well, they're, well, they're going to have two serviceable. They're going to have two NHL caliber goals. Yeah, which is what, like, I mean, come on. When the when the Thrashers came in, it was uh, Norm Miracle and a uh, guy who uh, I'm forgetting, and it's Manny Fernandez in Minnesota and Mike Dunham in in Nashville. Like, these are not; those were barely NHL backups. Yeah, and when you can, uh, I believe it's three defensemen that you can protect. So you're going to get yeah, you're going to get top four defense quality. Well, Minnesota is <laughs> like, one of the teams that is going to be in trouble with with the, their defensemen in the dra- in the expansion draft. Is they have more than three good defensemen. Too. Yeah. The Predators as well. Like yeah. they're they're going to have they're not going to have a playoff team in the first year, but they're not going to finish last in the first year. Well, they could. They That's, they could. It, you're still putting. 25 players sure. on the ice who've they never won't finish played last. together. But still I, Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think, looking at, at what they could get, that that's a team that can finish last. So that is our uh, – this will be the last episode before the NHL entry draft. Mm-hmm. So thoughts on the Bulldog players, guys. We, there's a number of guys on that draft list. Ben, ben Gleason, the only one who went to the Combine. Um, who gets drafted? Who doesn't get drafted? I know it, it doesn't necessarily really matter on the whole grand scheme of things, but uh, any for sure bets one way or the other? Gleason, for me, is a for sure. Candela is close to for sure. I feel like we're looking at four. You think you're looking at four? Uh, That's that's my feeling. I think that Gleason and Candela are both uh, in the first four rounds. And then uh, I think Kachina and Luff will go late. I think Gleason is in the first four rounds. I think Candela gets hurt because he didn't play at the end of the season. And is a very late, he's a sixth or a seventh round pick. And I think somebody takes Matt Luff. I hope so. I think he deserves it. For sure. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think I think somebody takes him. And then I, I honestly think that uh Sajin will be next year. I think that he's gonna have a strong year here. He'll go to somebody's camp, he won't get drafted, and then next year 
he'll he'll be drafted by somebody. Possible. I could see it. Any yeah. thoughts on where one of them might land? What team? Who would take who? Yeah, I think I think, I think Luffett's going to be a Boston Bruin, but Ooh, Boston Bruin. I could see Arizona taking Gleason. Buffalo is going to take Gleason. I could see that too. I see Buffalo. I mean, or it's, even it's Detroit. kind of a it's kind of a crapshoot down when we're talking about later round players, right? Because oh yeah, you're just trying to think of players that kind of fit the the idea of what their teams usually are, right? You're not necessarily going, oh, this guy's going to go the pick before him, so this guy's going to be picked uh, 101st. This guy's that's so that means 102. That's where this guy, you have no idea. I mean, yeah. the, the dream is that one of them's a Toronto Maple Leaf, right? Like, and, and I don't mean just because I'm a Leafs fan. I'm talking about, like, if you, if, if you, can, you can market one of these guys as a Toronto Maple Leaf draft yeah. pick. Yeah. Like, that's, that's kind of the dream. It doesn't matter whether he's a seventh-round pick. If Andre Kachina gets picked by the Leafs, that's, that's yeah. a fake deal. I get you. It's good for the marketing. Yeah, brings fans out. Should be a fun draft either way, and uh, yes, we'll, sir. we'll we'll keep our mock draft and see how it holds up over the course of things, and uh, we'll continue down this. Are road. you guys going? No, no. Just things to do, people to see, man. It's draft. No. no, they tell players not to go. Why on earth would anybody else go? Could be There's fun. people You're paying way too much money to go to that. You know what? Media. Maybe the, next, you guys, next year. You could get in. The buffoon, could, yeah. the buffoon Leaf fans who are like buying tickets for <laughs> insane prices. I don't. Two hundred and fifty dollars for a yeah, ticket. Yeah, I don't get it. To I, go. Yay, we picked a player. Yeah, we, we got yeah. the guy that we knew we were going to we get. We can well, see him doing an interview. We see he him. He stood up. He put a shirt on. Yeah. Yes. like They get autographs. They get their jerseys signed, all those things. It's a lot of money to spend for. Maybe, maybe next yeah. year, though, as, as media, when, when there's a higher pick for the Bulldogs. Like, sure. a, like a first round pick. Like a first round you mean pick. mean Matt Strom? Like Matt Strom. 17th overall? What? 2017? 17th overall. We're doing our mock draft for 2017 now, too. If we might as well. <laughs> I think uh, it has a nice ring to <laughs> it. It does have a nice ring to it. You might want to go 16th, though. I don't know why. Could happen. <laughs> Just one extra spot. Could happen. Uh, that is the mock draft. That is uh, Connor Hicks, who joined us earlier on in the program. We'll do another. What? Why? Matt Strom, the first player picked by the Las Vegas Aces or whatever. Black Knights. Black 51s. Knights. 51s. It'll be the Black I've Knights. always loved that minor league baseball name. The clubs. The 51s. The clubs. <laughs> <laughs> the clubs. <laughs> the <worst. laughs> Let's just have Bam Bam's whole club. <laughs> That'd be a great one. That's just not going to happen. Uh, he is LDL Vermeer. He's our restraint on Dogs Radio. Luke, Chris, me. Uh, that's the way she goes. Thanks for listening.